He has not failed us, and he won't start now. <laughs> Amen. Happy New Year. I'm proud of you for being here. I expected less out of you. Just kidding. Man. It is great to stand in a place and be able to proclaim the truth, what's actually true, what's actually real. And uh, it's my pleasure to, to be able to do that with you today. My name is Jacob. I'm one of the pastors here, and, and we welcome you. And I want to pray a prayer um, for the new year. It's not a prayer that I have written. It was actually uh, written by Reverend Billy Graham, and it was written for the year 2008 which was just coincidentally the year that our church started. So it's sort of a special new year prayer to me. Um, but you will see that the things that the people of God pray going into a new year don't really uh, change over time. Um, but I felt like God wanted me to pray this prayer over our church and over, over our community today. So these are Billy Graham's words, but let us pray. Our Father and our God, as we stand at the beginning of this new year, we confess our need of your presence and your guidance as we face the future. We each have our hopes and expectations for the year that is ahead of us, but you alone know what it holds for us. And only you can give us the strength and the wisdom we will need to meet its challenges. So help us to humbly put our hands into your hand and to trust you and to seek your will for our lives during this coming year. In the midst of life's uncertainties in the days ahead, assure us of the certainty of your unchanging love. In the midst of life's inevitable disappointments and heartaches, help us to turn to you for the stability and comfort we need. In the midst of life's temptations and the pull of our stubborn self-will, help us not to lose our way, but to have the courage to do what is right in your sight, regardless of the cost. And in the midst of our daily preoccupations and pursuits, open our eyes to the sorrows and injustices of our hurting world and help us to respond with compassion and sacrifice to those who are friendless and in need. May our constant prayer be that of the ancient psalmist. Teach me, O Lord, to follow your decrees, then I will keep them to the end. We pray for our nation and its leaders during these difficult times and for all those who are seeking to bring peace and justice to our dangerous and troubled world. We pray especially for your protection on all those who serve in our armed forces. We thank you for their commitment to defend our freedoms, even at the cost of their own lives. Be with their families also and assure them of your love and concern for them. Bring our divided nation together and give us a greater vision of what you would have us to be. Your word reminds us that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. As we look back over this past year, we thank you for your goodness to us far beyond what we have deserved. May we never presume on your past goodness or forget all your mercies to us, but may they instead lead us to repentance, to a new commitment to make you the foundation center of our lives this year. And so, our Father, we thank you for the promise and hope of this new year, and we look forward to it with expectancy and faith. This I ask in the name of our Lord and Savior, who by his death and resurrection has given us hope both for this world and the world to come, Jesus Amen. 
It is a, a pleasure to, to welcome you here, especially if you're here uh, new with this on uh, new with us on this New Year's Day. We're, we're glad that you're here. Uh, those who are joining online, uh, we are glad that you, uh, wherever you may be, are joining us in worship this morning. So in the room, we'd love to meet you if you're a guest after the service outside these doors. There's a place that says welcome guest. Uh, if you're online, you'll see ways that you can indicate that. Some of you may have come today prepared to give financially, and at the conclusion of the service, there are baskets at the doors where you can leave those financial gifts, or you can see the ways to do that uh, electronically. Some of you may have come here eager to hear about our Christmas offering. We're going to announce that amount uh, next Sunday because we still have people that are giving and, and many year-end gifts that came in just at the end of the week. I can tell you that it's going to be really, really good, <laughs> uh, but I wanted to wait till, we wanted to wait till next week. Uh, to share that with you. So thank you. My girls, my daughters got uh, comfies for Christmas. They are blankets uh, that have a hole in them and have like a hood uh, that, that you wear. Um, I don't know if you, you saw these this year. That is not one of my daughters. That's just Google Images uh, comfy. But uh, they're blankets that you wear. And for them, it was like, uh, uh, it's like they won the lottery when they opened up the, the comfies and um, it's nice to be comfy, isn't it? Um, you know, the last week or so, hopefully you had some times to, to just relax and maybe stay in your pajamas. Uh, maybe you got a blanket that you can wear all over the house and never, ever take off. Um, but now it is a new year. We're here, and we are here thinking about, oh, man, we've got to get going. We've got to get moving. We've got to get back in gear. We've got to get back to things. And a part of us, I would imagine those who came to church 930 on New Year's Day, there's a part of us that feels really ready to do that. And there's also probably a part of us that says, I'd like to wear my blanket to work tomorrow. <laughs> you got up on January 1st. And I have good news to share with you, not just today, but the next few weeks. It's found in Ephesians chapter 5, and I want to share with you our verse for the year. It is, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. One of my most favorite things about being one of your pastors here at Providence is every January, we have a verse that we hold on to and we claim. And we seek to get it in our mind, in our heart, in a number of different ways. This year, it's going to be, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And what we find is we begin to live with these verses and write them where we can see it every day. And our kids learn them in Providence Kids, and they sing them, and it becomes, it becomes something we can hold on to. Our verse for last year was from the book of John, and it said, in this world, you will have trouble. Did anybody encounter that last year? Any trouble? Remember, we said Jesus didn't say you might encounter some trouble or uh, perhaps you should be on the lookout for trouble. He says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And that verse became something we could hold on to and hang on to. It's not a magic verse or maybe special than any others, but as we as a community claim it and walk through the year, and when we face trouble, we reminded each other to take heart. And when we had great losses, we reminded each other to take heart. And when we faced things that we did not see coming in our church and in our families, we said, yes, this is the trouble that we knew would come, but Jesus has overcome it all, and there's a promise in it. And so having a verse, what I'm hoping you'll do with this verse is kind of just let it seep in in these next few weeks that it will carry us through, that you'll remind me of it, and I will remind you of it as we go. Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. All three parts I think are going to mean something to us. There's some parts of you that need to wake up. 
There's some things in you that need to rise from the dead. We follow Jesus who's been resurrected and has the power to resurrect dead things. And please, Jesus, will you come and shine on us in some parts that have grown dark and, and dungy and, and dusty over the last year. God wants to see us wake up. And I think there's a call in this that actually God is wanting the church to wake up. Not just Providence Church, but the church all over the land to, to wake up. I believe that the church has the message, it has the, 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 the word that, that the world is needing to hear. This gospel truth is the greatest word, the greatest joy, the greatest truth, the greatest love. And many times, if I'm honest, it feels like we're snoozing, like we're snoozing on it. It's so good if we really took a hold of it. And I get that the world has problems. I mean, it seems, I'll hear people say the world has more problems than ever before. To which I would say, maybe, I don't know. This is the only age I've lived in. But we feel like we see all these problems. And, and we believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that comes through him, is actually the answer. This sounds like a simplification, but it's, we believe that it is the answer to all the problems. There are hungry people, so many hungry people, even in this community. We can feed them. Not just Providence Church, but the churches all over this, this community. We can feed them. There are those addicted in our community. Drugs are an evil in our community, an epidemic in this community. I spoke with Pastor Mike Rutland, who's the pastor of Pickett Rucker Church in Lebanon. Last night he had a service on New Year's Eve for his people. And after it, there was a training on how and how to encounter your kids and what to give them when they've overdosed on drugs. In our community, Mark and I talked over the Christmas season as we got weary of burying another young adult who's a part of our community because of drug overdose. Well, we as the church can free them, the dealers and the addicted. We have this truth that if we would wake up to, can work wonders. There are vulnerable people in our community, women, children, babies in wombs, little boys, grown men, people living on the streets. We can keep them safe if we work together. There are forgotten children, students in our community who believe they hold no worth. That's what a big part of our Christmas offering was about. But we want to say that's not true. You're of great inestimable worth to God, children of God, sacred worth. We can get them ready. And some of you recognize this vision that God has given us, not just us, but the churches in this community to see everyone fed and everyone free and everyone safe and everyone ready. And the everyone word seems too big and the other words seem unattainable, but it's not too big and it is attainable, but we will have to wake up. We will have to be roused a bit from our sleep, shaken, you know, changed and sleep come out of our eyes. It does make sense, though, to feel tired. I want to affirm you in that, all right? I want to ask, don't, you don't have to raise your hand. Who feels more energized today than you did three years ago? Okay, it's good to see you. <laughs> We're sleepy. We're worn out. My goodness. We're fatigued. Some of us are near burning out. Some of us are near giving out. It makes sense that the church might be under the covers a bit, but we need to wake up, rise from the dead, and let Christ shine on us. I want to read these words to you. What I'm going to read to you are the 13 verses that come before uh, Ephesians 5.14, our verse for the year. So I want you to understand what God is speaking that leads up to this point. So I'm just going to read through it, and I'll share a few thoughts. The first verse, Ephesians 5.1, says, follow God's example Therefore, as dearly loved children. So we are being asked to not 
to follow God, but understand it's not just saying to follow, like follow God where God is leading, which is cool. It's saying to follow God's example, to be like God, to seek to be uh, like Jesus. And as we read stuff like this, I know you guys, I know me, we go, oh boy, we're in big trouble. There's no way we can do that. But see what the verse does. It says, you do this, therefore, as dearly loved children. We're being reminded of our identity. The only hope we have of anything that's about to follow in Ephesians 5 is that we understand who we are, that you are a dearly loved child of God. That's who you are. I don't know you, maybe, but I know you are a dearly loved child of God. Would everybody here just look at me for a moment, okay? Look at me. It's true. You are a dearly loved child of God. You've been told other things. That's not true. You are a dearly loved child of God. That's your identity. And that's why we can step up and wake up to some of the things that we're going to be called to in these verses. The verse says, walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So the way that we are following in Jesus' way is a way of love. And we're giving indication of what that way is like. So it's not just, you're like, what kind of love? What's the way of love? The Jesus way of love is always an offering and always a sacrifice. So if you want to walk in this way, you are going to be giving up much. You are going to be pouring yourself out. You want to walk in the way of love? Great. If you walk in the way of Jesus' love, you will be sacrificing your very life. You'll lose your life to find it. You'll carry a cross like him. It's it's an amazing thing that we're called to, to, to say that we are God's people and we will follow his example and we'll walk in the way of love just as Christ has loved us. The next verse says, but among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. So not even a hint, not any kind of impurity, not a grain of greed. It's improper as dearly loved children of God. So our identity has implications for what we do and how we live. It goes on to say, nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. So these things we're being told are out of place for those who are a, a part of God's people. You, in your family, you may say, like, we don't talk like that, you know, or you, you, your kid may something, say something, you say, we don't, we don't say that. And they're like, I heard dad say that. We're like, we still don't say that, you know. So uh, when, uh, when things are out of place, we have to place something in their place. And here we're told, replace that stuff with thanksgiving, gratitude. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person. Such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Guys, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you once were darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. That's what we're going to be about for the next few weeks. Let's find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, 
and Christ will shine on you. Sometimes it's cool to grab a verse and put it on a bumper sticker or whatever. It is cool. But when you see what's all behind it, it's even better. Because the whole reason that this wake up is given is because we all have earned not to earn our inheritance. I think that's a double negative, but it's the way I wanted to say it, okay? All this wake up talk is because everybody here has earned not to earn the inheritance. And so we're like, okay, what's the way out? It is, it's not to be people who do deeds of darkness but expose them. So we have a role in exposing them even in our own lives. We expose them. We say, that's not of God. I don't want that in my life anymore. But the way out is that you have to wake up and be resurrected and let Christ shine on you. So I have a few handholds for us as we begin uh, waking up this year. The first thing is this. Purpose wakes you up. Purpose wakes you up. That's what gets you up in the morning. And this scripture tells us what our purpose is. You're like, I get to come to church today and learn what my purpose is in life. Yep, I got it for you. This is maybe the best Sunday ever, okay? Our purpose is to walk in the way of love. That's your purpose in life as a follower of Jesus. Walk in the way of love. Walk in the way of Christ's love. I don't know what your job is. I don't know where you go to school. But I can tell you that your purpose is to walk in the way of love. Purpose wakes you up to power to get moving. Purpose wakes you up to power to get going. If you have no purpose, you have no power to get going. Some of the people I've noticed who seem to have the hardest jobs, you know, the hardest lots in life, they just keep going. They, keep, they just keep getting up. We're like, why? How could, how could you do that? You know, and the reason is they have purpose. You know, either they're providing for their family or they're taking care of a special needs child or they're serving the least of these. And what I want you to do today is claim your purpose. Your purpose is to walk in the way of love. And if you don't know that you were made to walk in Jesus' love and share it, you will stay very sleepy. Your whole life will just be sleepy. You'll be drowsy. You'll be walking around with your head down. So here's your purpose for 2023. I've already said it five times. Walk in the way of love. It's verse 2 of chapter 5 of Ephesians. The second thing is that gratitude wakes you up. Gratitude wakes you up. So uh, I'm not, this isn't just like helpful hints for happy living, okay? This is, I'm trying to t show you what the scripture says. It says, what should we do rather than obscenity or foolish talk? So if some of you guys remove obscenity and foolish talk from your life, you're going to be really quiet, right? You're like, what do I, <laughs> what do, I do now? What, what do I replace it with? Some of you are going to be like, I got all this time on my hands now. So it's not just moving something out. It's replacing it with something. So I want to read you the verse again. It says, nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. So what do we put in the place of all that negative talk, the, the hurtful stuff, the coarseness? Thanksgiving, gratitude. And I hope you all hear me, and this won't be a surprise to you, like, this is something that's hard for me, you know? You know, if you're super clever, Right? That's okay, Ed. It was a little bit too much of a laugh. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, if you're, if, you're, if you're somebody who, like, you know, can keep the room going and, and you find your identity and, and making other people, you know, have, you know, give you attention and that kind of thing, well, then you can, you can slip into just doing a lot of foolish talking. So you're like, well, what do I do if I don't do that? 
replace it with gratitude. Gratitude wakes you up to the truth of the good things in your life. This is the, this is the best thing about gratitude. Gratitude is all about truth. It's not about, uh, you know, making something up or puffing things up. When you have true gratitude, it's about true things that are reality in your life. Here's what I mean by that. Here's, here's what gratitude could look like for you. I have breath in my lungs. That's true. I have food in my pantry. Maybe for most of us, that's true. I have a warm home. I have friends who love me. And as you start picking up just simple, true things in your life, your heart is opened up to gratitude and you start waking up. You start actually waking up to the reality of what your life is instead of longing for something that's not there or being upset for something that has that is gone, that has passed. You see what is really there and it, and it wakes you up. So we replace our foolish talk, whatever that may mean to you, with gratitude. So you can wake up and say, oh, another day. Or you can wake up and say, oh, another day. We have the choice to wake up. You know, we can wake up tomorrow. It's like, here we go, 2023. It's probably going to be like 2022 and 2021 and 2020. Oh, another day. Or we could say, oh, another day. I have breath in my lungs. I have food in my pantry. I have friends who love me. The heater is working. You start speaking that truth. It's gratitude. And you, you, it's, like, it's like air in your lungs. The gratitude starts waking you up. Waking up, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm alive again. I had all these things, but I wasn't seeing them because of the way I was talking. Because where I was putting my focus, where I was putting my emphasis in life, and gratitude has this, it's, it's an injection, right? I went back and looked at my journals because I started doing something. I was trying to figure out when I did it. In December of last year, I started this thing for, in my life called Gratitude Saturday. Gratitude Saturday. So every Saturday I wake up and the first thing I do in a journal, I write at the top of the page the date and then I write gratitude Saturday. And then I just start writing everything I can think of that I'm thankful for. I always, it always, Rachel and Mary and Lydia and Phoebe and Providence Church and mom and dad just around the corner and, and food in my pantry. And God, I've got breath in my lungs. And it's been, you know, uh, 14 months since I had that seizure. And all these things, I just start writing them down and putting them down and putting them down. And it's become a pattern in my life that is waking me up after, you know, getting kind of sleepy. And so I want to invite us to think about what are some patterns that we can put in our lives to become more awake people, to become more grateful. Because if you're like me, you can't just take something out that you've been doing a long time and think that that's going to cut it. You have to replace the thing with a pattern so that you can begin training yourself in a way that is walking more in the way of love. So just begin to think about that. Maybe your thing is every morning you wake up before the feet hit the door, you're going to say three things that you're thankful for. You just, and you put those out there. Or maybe it's, you know, a midday meal when you're at work, it's just you, you spend time in Thanksgiving before you eat. Or some of us, maybe it's that nighttime meal with the family that used to be called giving thanks. <laughs> You know, giving thanks back to God and, and, and we can inject these gratitude moments. In fact, I want to do one right now, just in your heart, just quietly in your heart. I want to invite you to say a prayer. It's really easy. It's going to be five thank yous and then the word Jesus, okay? This is what it will sound like in your heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. You got it? So I'm just going to, we're just going to take a moment. I just want to see what that does in us. So just take some quiet moments, five thank yous, then Jesus, okay? Amen. 
Here's what wakes you up. A desire to be different wakes you up. A desire to be different wakes you up. So for the next three weeks, there's going to be a lot of people that go to the gym, okay? For the next three weeks. If you're a regular gym goer, this is your, regular gym goers are always so annoyed by us. We're only going to be there for three weeks. Just chill out, okay? But for the next three weeks, we're getting up early, aren't we? We've made a commitment. Why? We want to be different. It wakes you up. You wake up. You wake up different when you want to be different. Some of us are saying, I've got a new reading plan uh, for Bible reading that we're, gonna, that we're not going to end in three weeks, okay? The reason is we want to be different. Some of you are want to eat healthier. What's going to take prep time? You're going to have to go to the, uh, uh, the, the grocery store and, and find different food, and you're going to have to take more time to prepare it and save money in a different way because it costs more. Why? Because you want to be different. And so Ephesians 5 is about a spiritual difference that can take place in the life of the follower of Jesus. Do you want to be a person, Jacob, known for foolish talk? No. But how do I change? How could you change so dramatically? The scripture says, verse 8, you once were darkness, now you're light. It's this dramatic change. For you once were this, but now you're this. How? Through Jesus. God is calling us different. How different? Wake up, O sleepers, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you different. I believe it's a, I I don't know exactly the source of this belief right now. I think it's the spirit. I think this is going to be the greatest year at Providence Church, which is kind of a weird thing, you know, coming out of all that we've gone through and what we're looking ahead about. But I've just got this feeling, I've got this feeling in the spirit that God's calling us, you know, to, to a different thing. It's waking me up to think, what would that be like? And I've got one last one for you, okay? And rest wakes you up. If you rest well, you will wake up well. That feels really different than everything we've just been talking about, doesn't it? But rest is what will give you the best opportunity to wake up. Here's the thing. Ephesians 5. This is the last one, okay? If we take the bait of what what sometimes happens when we read a passage like Ephesians 5, you even felt it in your own spirit, right? You're like, I know I'm not going to get it all right. And and if that's what we do, we think, i got to get it right. If we read Ephesians 5 and think, we've got to get it all right, we will either flounder or become legalistic. And they'll have a, we'll have an in crowd and an out crowd. We'll have the people who's got it down and the people who don't have it down. Who's in and who's not. Now, don't mishear me. We're going to talk about this a bunch. There's definitely incumbent upon the follower of Jesus a way to live. The very next verse we're going to look at next week is be very careful then how you live. So I'm not releasing you from the responsibility of living a different life. But... Uh, it comes not by behavior modification. Almost everybody fails in that remark. But by seeking, the way it happens is by seeking to be totally transformed by the Spirit of God. To walk in love, to be children of light. These are grand spiritual concepts, to walk in love, to be children of light. And they happen, they, they happen not by attaining them, but by receiving them. Let me say that again. If all this appeals to you, it's going to happen not by your attainment of it, but by your receiving of the Holy Spirit. And that happens by a total surrender to God. And it feels like rest. Uh, what we have planned for 2023 here is a, a movement of us beginning to really focus in on what does it mean to practice the way of Jesus? 
What does it mean to really walk in his steps and practice his way? And what would the, what would the training look like for that, the disciplines? And I want to tell you, Pastor Mark has been leading us in this, and we've been talking about it a bunch. We think that that means for us, it means that we will need to do less. Do less. And we will have to learn how to rest better in Christ, to surrender. You wake up the best when you've rested the most. After the service, I was, the 8 o'clock, I was talking to somebody and they said, Jacob, you should have taken a moment and had us say, rest, 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 Jesus. You want to try it? It's just like, let's, let's do it. Let's just take a moment in your heart. Say, rest five times and then Jesus, okay? I'll say it out loud. Rest, 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 Jesus. The well-rested wake up revived. We think, what do I do? Get all my behavior right? You won't. Make right all the wrongs I've done? You can't. So what do we do? Wake up and let Christ shine on you. Let Christ work on you. Let Christ work in you. Let Jesus in. Surrender. Lay it down. Give up. Rest. There's a prayer in our tradition, the Wesleyan tradition, called the Wesley Covenant Prayer. I want to introduce it to you if you haven't heard it. Uh, it was adapted by John Wesley, who started the Methodist movement. He adapted it from the Puritan tradition. And uh, it really is a prayer to just let go, rest, surrender everything to God. And I'm going to invite you to pray it with me. So we prayed this 15-year-old prayer to start, and now this uh, three or 400-year-old prayer. But I want to read it to you before we pray it, because if not, it's like you signing a contract that, you know, you haven't read. So I don't want you just to say the words. I want you to hear them first. So let me read the whole prayer. And then we'll pray it together. I am no longer my own, but yours, God. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you. Exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, O oh glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours, so be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. I want to invite you to pray that with me. I am no longer my own, but yours, God. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you, exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, O oh glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours, so be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven.